Thank you. Thank you. All right. Word. <laughs> We're not there yet, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't try to force it <laughs> by making the end in the beginning. It's barely in topic. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic, podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And we're back at it again with another episode because everybody wanted that. And I am VA and I am here with Jeff. Hello, hello. Tim. Hiya. Nick. Hi. And, and, and Tuka, not Rask, just Tuka, the cat. Yeah, sure. so guys... Spooky season's over, and I'm very sad. Very, very sad. We're going into holiday season. Some of you really love the holiday season. I just, uh, I see a season that's going to unfold and turn into winter, and then I'm going to be freaking scared for my life because uh, I still have some unresolved trauma from the breaking of the ankle last year. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I Sadly, my career in ice skating is over. Mm-hmm. Never had one. Was oh. never going to, but it's over. I'm, I'm really sad about the upcoming months. I mean, today was fucking gay. Gray. No, if it were fucking gay, it would be awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be rainbows. It would be all these wonderful things. I want a fucking gay day every day. Okay. It's like I agree with you. It was a gray day. I was promised it was supposed to snow today. It didn't really. I'm just like, well, like, like, don't tease me like this. If you're gonna do it, just fucking do it, Sky. Come on. Right, <laughs> right. It it was like, oh, I want to rain. And then it's like, well, I'm not really raining. And excuse me, I have to go let my dog in here because he's gonna sit at the door and bark. Get in here, meatball. Come on, let's go. All right, lay down, go to sleep. No, you cannot sit in my chair. You need to move. I'm the devil. You need to move. Thank you. Lay down. Yes, I know. I see you are in your tail. You're so happy. Okay. So it was so gray. It was not a fucking gay day. It was just a fucking gray day. It was awful. And I'm windburned. And my dog was just grouchy and stuff. And look at that past. But you know what does make me happy, guys? What makes you happy? Boston Bruins. Oh. Yeah. So they are doing pretty well so far. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they've played nine games so far. They're 8-0-1. Oh, right? That's mm -hmm. correct. Yeah. Yep. That seems good. We did not do prediction of the games last week. Yeah, we had the one game outstanding. That was the Chicago Blackhawks game, which was... An easy win for the Bruins. The first shutout of the season for Swayman. And we were all wrong on our predictions for the week before because they did not lose in that set of games. All those road games, they all won. All the games they should have won, they won. Even the game where it was like, oh, who knows? They won that game. So, however, they do not have a perfect record now because their second meeting with the Ducks. That was embarrassing. I mean, they still got a point out of it, but like, eesh. yeah, yeah. So I don't really want to dwell on the Chicago game that much because, you know, whatever, three, nothing first shutout. Like I said, Patra's got his third goal 
that that was the big thing of that game. And uh, Connor Bedard did not get a goal in that game because they successfully challenged for offside. So that was the big deal about that game. But yeah, uh, the Ducks game. <sighs> which which day was the Ducks game? Thursday. Friday. Thursday. Sure. Yeah, I, okay. I wrote, I wrote it down. Oh yeah, I'm a stay at home. Dad. I'm a stay at home dad. Time means almost nothing to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. That's that's right. Both teams <laughs> had the blue wrap sticks that game. Oh, um, for Lewiston, yes. For yes. Lewiston, yes. That was really cool. I I really appreciated them doing that. Yep they they did that. Of course, the head coach for the Anaheim Ducks is from the Boston area. He's from Arlington, from New England. He knows what a, a community it is. It was just nice to see a little bit of uh, recognition for Lewiston there. Because uh, we in Maine were, uh, the last week was uh, pretty hellish up here. Oh, I could imagine. After the Boston Marathon bombings, there was like this one day when they, you know, uh, after the shootout in the middle of the night, a shootout in Cambridgeport, which was not too far from one of my friend's houses. And then uh, Cambridge and Watertown and Newton were all on lockdown. So, and I, I worked in Newton at that time. So I had to go into work and just kind of explain to the the people that I was working with that we couldn't go to work today and we're all going to stay in all day and we're just not going to watch the news. I put the news on in a television in someone else's room. And would go in and take a look at things. But uh, basically, you had that for a week. And that must have been really scary. Oh, it was. Until he was actually found and everything like that. It was it was scary stuff. It was... I mean, it still is. I mean, Maine, it's, it's crazy. Like, a few days late, earlier, Maine was voted, like, the safest state to live in. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, we have that happen. It's just not something that happens normally here. And it happens a lot around the world and around the United States. It happens too often, but it's, yeah, when it hits close like that, it's something. Right. I don't know what to think. Well, again, luckily um, he took care of the situation himself, I guess, after he caused all that chaos and hurt and pain and death. It's going to be a while before things get back to normal, though. Yep. And tonight, Lewiston um, had their first football game since the tragedy, and they played their rival, um, Edward Little, who is in Auburn, to the two cities that were really affected most. Um, they had a big football game today, and a few people, like, I think it was like James Taylor did the national anthem or something. And Oh, wow. Rob Kraft and Mac Jones and Will Farrell and Rob Gronkowski all sent in videos to play before the game on the um, scoreboard and stuff. So it was pretty cool. That's good. It's not easy to get through something like that. From what I had heard, they auctioned off those uh, blue tape sticks. Last Saturday, it was up to $40,000 for the sticks alone. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Jeremy Swayman put out the jersey in the beginning for Maine. And uh, obviously, uh, he's very affected because he considers himself kind of a, a Mainer as well. And so do we. We consider 
we consider him one too. I'll be back at maybe some point. I hope. Okay. All right. <laughs> that baby. That baby. She's just she's running the show. I guess she's a toddler. She's not a baby, but man oh man, like she gets them all day. We're just asking for a little time. A little anyway. bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that game Thursday, as Jeff had alluded to, it was frustrating because uh Bruins didn't start on time, you know. Uh well, I mean, actually they did. They just let in a goal like 15 minutes in. So I guess that is starting on time. <laughs> Why did I think they weren't starting on time? I'm so used to the Bruins giving up a goal like in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, okay. So they waited a little longer, but it was Gudis. Fucking Gudis scoring that goal. But then, you know, the Bruins tied it up and then took the lead. And had a two-goal lead. And that was the frustrating part about this game. Because they had a two-goal lead. They fucked around. They found out. Carlson scores late in the third to get within one. And then it was uh, Troy Terry in the last minute of play got the the game-tying goal. And then in OT, they did nothing. Bruins had very little possession in, in OT. So I was out and about on Thursday, so I missed this game. And I saw they were up uh, three to one. I'm like, oh, excellent. And then I uh, went back home and saw the score. I'm like, I refuse to watch the highlights. Because it hurt my feelings. <laughs> Bruins, you hurt his feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Jerks. The good thing about the game is Bruins had another power play goal, and the the PK looks pretty solid. Yeah, they let a goal with 15 seconds remaining for the game tying goal. That sucks. Yeah, 15 seconds. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It it really stunk. It, it's easy to get mad about this game because they should have won it. Anyway, moving on to Saturday, which we thought was going to be a real test because the Red Wings have been playing really well. They had been up until that point. I don't know if they still are. Red Wings? More like the Red Hot Wings. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Frank's Red Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Frank's Red Hot (laughs) Wings. Put that shit on everything. Uh, they were they were hot. They were scoring the most goals in the in the league. It was like amazing, you know. Uh, basically, DeBrincat and Larkin were both on fire. And you know who both did not show up on the score sheet? Those guys. Instead, uh, yeah, the Bruins blew the shutout with uh, a goal by Valeno. And what really made me mad? Okay, to clarify something that I put in in our chat. What made me mad was, and I said, fuck you, Jack, <laughs> was that Jack said, as soon as Leno got the uh, yeah. got the puck, he goes, Leno's had goals in each of his last four. And as Leno just drove down the ice with nobody really bothering him, and then he just swing and not a miss, he gets it. He gets a goal. And I'm like, fuck you, Jack. You can't do that. You don't, you don't do that. Granted, before Valeno scored the goal, 
Zaka scores a second. McAvoy scores his first. That's all great. The only thing I made up for that was pasta. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I mean, the Bruins were going to win the game anyway, because Detroit wasn't getting anything going. But pasta gets awarded a penalty shot. His second, his second this season. This is only game eight. Okay. He had a penalty shot in game two. He had a penalty shot now in game eight. Like, yeah, let's let's keep going every ga- eight games and get uh, a penalty shot. Makes a penalty shot. Seventh goal. And then the next thing is the best thing ever. Bruins are hemmed in in their zone. They're tired. They got to get out of there. You know, Detroit's got like six on five there. It's it's tough. And Pasta is just like, I want to get just get this puck out of here. So he shoots the puck and he doesn't want to have icing, right? So he shoots it at an angle where it banks off the board and it goes in the goal. <laughs> that, that was the more entertaining goal. Yes. Impressive? Uh, probably not. But entertaining? Yeah, that was really cool. I- because like how many people make bank shots from all the way down the other end of the ice and and make the goal now granted there there was nobody in the goal it was an empty net so if that had happened with a goalie in the net that would have been really incredible but unfortunately we didn't we weren't playing the sharks at that point so (laughs) 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 but it was such an incredible goal and he's like uh somebody said to him uh, in the locker room uh like oh do you like to play pool he's like uh, are you good at pool he's like no <laughs> and he didn't understand why he asked that until sometime later so that was funny oh man so swayman on that uh at, at that game it made him four oh and oh which is pretty sweet and it was Ulmark who lost the other game in overtime so Swayman's got the better record right now. Seems to me that somebody made a prediction. He certainly did. Yeah. Uh, we're we're like um we're about 10% of the season done at this point. So it, at with this game. So probably not. <laughs> and it wasn't a biased thing at all. It wasn't a biased prediction at all. There's no... No, no. No, sure. No bias towards Swayman, even a little bit. No, no. There's there's no main bias there at all. Never. No. So this is where it gets interesting. Monday night. A, a nether test for the Bruins. Now, coincidentally, these were the only two games that they've played against Eastern Conference uh, teams and actual division rivals that's a good point yeah everything else they had played was like west coast or central division or they've wrapped up their their chicago series and the other stuff was all west coast so yeah so this is the second game against the atlantic the fourth east if you will it was the panthers at the bruins that game was a frustrating watch it was a slow burn. 
very slow burn of a game and it, it um also went into overtime so so the good thing is this is the second time they've gone into overtime and this time they were successful so it didn't just end in regulation we got to see goalie hugs it was very wonderful but it was just one of those games where it was just like the Panthers are different than they were last spring. They're missing key parts in Ekblad and Montour. They had Bob and Ned, and Bob actually had some real, like, Bob That's moments. Good. He had some good saves. Yep, and he also had some not great play. Mm-hmm. He was so, he was back and forth, right? Uh, the Bruins didn't take too many shots in this one. And in fact, it was... <laughs> it's like i think they ended the first period with six shots on goal and i was just like what is this i think ben said this period is fucking garbage <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> to out, outshot 16 to 6 in the first oh yeah it was terrible i can imagine sitting at home and watching that but being there live you're just like why am i here you know, we had that conversation this week of like the the whole like, I'm so glad to go someplace, but sometimes I only want just a little bit of something and then I want to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw the first period and I was just like, yeah, do I want to be here now? <laughs> Is this really going to happen? I'm like, my pretzel was like really, really dry and I didn't oh. finish it. And I was just like. Am I are they gonna lose because I didn't finish my pretzel? Like, you know, that kind of stupid shit, right? So anyway, uh, the, the first period. Goals by Barkov and Reinhardt. Fucking Reinhardt. <laughs> first period, you got two goals against. And the Bruins just talk about not starting on time. This was the game they didn't start on time. It was terrible. Just not a great game. And then, thankfully, in the second, Marshy woke up. So it was like, okay. So Marshy got his fifth goal, assisted by uh, Jake of Brusque and Charlie Coyle, both of whom have like, you know, multiple assists, not in this game, but on the season. Got to point out, Matt Grizzlick left the first period. He only played like something like three minutes before he was knocked out of the game with an uh, UBI. Don't know what it is. But we do know that he has been moved to LTIR. So we're talking weeks. Probably, I don't think it's a concussion. And I'm hoping, please don't have injured your shoulder again. Mm-hmm. You know, UBIs are purposely ba- vague. Uh, when a player comes back, other teams can't focus on whatever injury it was. So there's some related news to that that we'll get to in a little while. That happened to Grizzlick in the first period. I didn't actually see what happened. I don't really think anyone has pointed out what, what happened to Grizzly. But something happens in the third period that I'm wondering if it's related. But, you know, first we have to talk about Charlie McAvoy's goal. Second goal of the season. Second is as many games, which is great. Assisted by Pasta and Zaka. So that was really good. That was 7.20 of the third. But... Just over two minutes later, McAvoy would be assessed a match penalty for an illegal check to the head for Oliver Ekman Larson. And it was one of those hits that 
you know, you sit there, you see it happen and you're like, Mm-mm. I have a feeling that the supplement, uh, there's going to be supplemental discipline on this one. Just the way he so casually skated over to him and just hit his head with his shoulder. Very far removed from the play. The puck wasn't even remotely near. I know that there was some battling in corners beforehand between OEL and other players. I don't know if Charlie was in the muck there. I don't know if uh, Grizzlick might have been a casualty somewhere in there or if it might have just been like he was pissed off and he just took an open opportunity. Mm -hmm. But uh, regardless, he had a hearing the next day, suspended for four games. Not a great look for Charlie McAvoy in the respect that he is wearing an A. This is his first full season wearing the A. And you can't be like that. You can't go and take predatory hits on people when you're wearing a letter like that. I know that Marshy, even wearing the A, has done some of that. And uh, we we can't condone that. This didn't look good. Not a good look for McAvoy. Of course, everybody came out on Twitter and was like, suspend him forever because he's a dirty player. And I'm like, Charlie McAvoy is not a dirty player. But that was a very bad hit and a very ugly thing. And we call them out on this. You know, I'm not going to defend that. Well, let's turn that frown upside down and commend the Bruins penalty kill. Yes, they had a five minute penalty kill. Uh, Oscar Steen sat in the box for him. They the PK just was amazing. Just killed off that penalty. No problem. Yeah. So the game remained tied, and his his match penalty did not. It didn't hurt the team in this game. So that's good. Surprisingly, to not hurt yes. the team. Yeah, because five minutes is five minutes. That's a long time. And you're already down Grizzlick, so you have four defensemen for the rest of the game. Yeah. The good thing is, is like three of those guys are are known, uh, known to be good on the kill. I don't mm-hmm. know that much about Shattenkirk. He seems more offensive minded, but, you know, they all were out there. But they kept cycling at, in uh, Carlo and Forbert as much as possible during mm-hmm. that, because I think there was like 45 seconds. At one point, they cleared the uh, the puck out of the zone and they brought in Carlo and uh and uh, Forbert, and I swear it was like 45 seconds in between their shifts. You know, <laughs> coincidentally, those two had some time on uh, the penalty kill. Carlo was 531 shorthanded, and uh, Forbert was at five. Jeez. Yeah, Lindholm had 320. Uh, and obviously, McAvoy, I don't know why I'm even offering this because it was 126, but he had nothing to do with his own penalty Mm -hmm. killing his penalty uh he was off in the room so uh yeah so basically you know here we go again uh (laughs) we were making fun of forbert earlier but forbert can eat up penalty minutes especially when one of your defensemen decide to act like a dumbass you know Uh, i'm sorry i just it wasn't he's not he's not that kind of guy but you know i remember ty anderson saying when they were talking about like who should be the captain over the summer 
you know, because it was it was kind of up in the air, but you know, good money was going to be on Marchand, which I think is the right choice. But McAvoy, the thing he said about McAvoy, he's like McAvoy is not really ready for that right now because sometimes after a loss, he can be really sharp with mm-hmm. the media. He's like Brandon Carlo actually has like the best demeanor, but he's never he's not in this conversation. He's just never going to be a captain. But he's like everybody should want to be like him after a loss because he's very measured. I mean, even Marshy gets pissed off after a loss, but you know he's a lot better than he would have been like two years ago yeah. or five years ago. You would not have imagined this. So, so anyway, my point is is that you can't do that. You can't do that. Even if somebody pisses you off, you just don't do that. So at final shots on goal, Florida took 37 freaking shots. <laughs> Those are the ones that made it to goal. <laughs> because the other ones are not shots on goal. <laughs> but none in OT. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even get to that. OT. Now, Pasta said after the game, he was like, I really would wish that Zaka would get the puck because he is a bomb and he did there were too many times during the game where people were like trying to decide whether or not they should pass or you know take the shot there was too much passing at at times Zaka didn't pass he just took the shot and it was awesome he he took the shot and had the speed because he sneakily there, there was a a, a line well, a, a personnel change, so he was able to sneak onto the ice. He gets on the ice and the, then the puck's right there for him. Mm-hmm. Like oh nice, so that's why he had the speed. And you just hopped on the ice. You had uh, Heinen and someone else also on the ice who were super tired. Because even though there was no shots, the Bruins were kind. Of, they they were able to switch out for a while. I remember thinking to myself, "This isn't good." Mm-hmm. The Bruins are tired. They need to yep. switch. They got. They were able to get one forward, and it worked out well. Yeah, I mean, just because Florida didn't get a shot on goal didn't mean they didn't have some possession time. So correct. Mm-hmm. You want to have quick shifts in that overtime period because one, you're t- The guys are tired. Mm-hmm. And if you ever need proof of that, if you've ever seen the game celebrations after an overtime win, those guys are just like, let's just hug and do whatever and get it all done and hand out the sticks. And we're all tired. We don't want to do this. anymore. Yeah. Can we have the rest of the night off, please? Thank you. They're just like that. It was a beautiful shot. He made the goal. Everybody was happy. Celebration happened very quickly. Goalie hugs. Yay. Now, interesting thing. I'm glad you mentioned Heinen because oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that morning, Denton Heinen signed with the Bruins. They had finally got up enough cap room to sign him to a one-year league minimum at 775K, right? Yes. The problem that, that Denton Heinen ran into, it's not his ability to play. It is that every team is just up against the cap. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to have of the space and where he is a utility guy, he can play both wings and he can go up and down the lineup. Most likely he's going to be on the third and fourth lines. And a lot of uh, players or a lot of teams had those things wrapped up pretty well. 
So it's the same reason why you see Shattenkirk and James Van Rienstijk signing for a million or so, because like they're hoping for another contract after this year. The cap's going to go up higher next year and teams will have more to spend. So next year is a better year, but this year, even good players like Heinen will be casualties of the cap. So they found enough space. They signed him. That's very good because they needed him because Luch was also moved to LTIR this week, which uh, that's what happens when you get in the way of a Derek Forbert one-timer. He's got a bomb. Yes, he does. He does. And uh, Luch's foot says, no, thank you. So he's on LTIR. Now, Grizzlick, as it turns out, also has been moved to LTIR as of today. So they have more cap opening up. When you move somebody to LTIR, uh, T- LTIR you have some cap space. Um, so the Denton Heinen signing happened. He had waited around for a while. He was very patient. Uh, his wife, hey, he got married since he was a Bruin. Hey. So, yeah, his wife was hanging out with the Bruins' wives, and that was great. They brought her back into the fold, and she was going out with them during the uh, the West Coast trip. Heinen actually went out on the, the trip. He didn't play. He couldn't play, but he, he went out and watched because it's better than just staying at home. So, yay, we have Denton Heinen back. Uh, I forgot how fast he is. You know? He's pretty speedy. He's a speedy guy. And the thing is that I was reading uh, Fluto Shinzawa's article earlier uh, in the week about how uh, Heinen played under Montgomery at University of Denver. So he knows what Heinen is as a player. So, you know, he saw him in the preseason. He's like, I've seen him enough. He doesn't need to play more games. I know what Heinen is. And he is one of the reasons why you know, you wanted to have him stick around. But also the Bruins also know him because he obviously played for the Bruins before. It was unfortunate that he got traded out there. He was not having the best of years. And I think also was that he was involved in the Bacchus stuff or whatever. I don't know. Uh, uh, Nick Nick Ritchie, one for one. Yeah, it was he and Nick Ritchie. Yes. And well, we all know how that ended up here. <laughs> hey, he was a seventh player. And then. Yeah. Next year, yeah, okay. Heinen is, uh, you know, he had a decent season, I guess, with the the Penguins, but he can have a better season. And maybe under Montgomery, he will have a better season when he gets the chances to play. Now is his chance to play. So he's taking the opportunity. Uh, They sent down Patrick Brown, thankfully. They had brought up Bookfist for a game, played him for like six minutes. They sent both of those guys down, signed Heinen. And here we are. So Heinen's a, a member of the, the roster now. But I read somewhere that Luch cannot rejoin the team in a game until November 18th. That's not ideal. But what? He has a broken foot. I, I don't know how long those take to recover from. At least six weeks. I, I think so. Yeah. And it will be, I think, six weeks by that point. So... Yeah, eleven uh, eighteen versus Montreal, hmm. and McAvoy is he is not coming back until the game on the eleventh at Montreal hmm. because he will miss basically this whole 
schedule of games, a slate of games that we we will talk about in a little bit. So who did they call up, Nick? Lorai. Lorai has arrived. I'm I'm taking all of Tim's thunder today. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Tim's a little distracted. Mm-hmm. Too many number nines on the field. <laughs> Nine yard penalty. <laughs> I was just about to say first down. That's not the the response. <laughs> Nine yard penalty. First down. They they called up Mason Lorai. Ben suggests that his song should be Low Rider. Like uh 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 one of my uh one of my exes despised that song but because I changed the lyrics to talking about uh hugging German shepherds and I sang it probably every day for about a year and a half straight. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, there isn't. Um to be fair, most people in my life now hate that song because I sang it for a year and a half straight. <laughs> yeah, the more you know. Continue. I don't know. Maybe they should have taken a different approach, like singing it along with you. Yeah. My brother did. Yeah. Sing it. Sing along to it. And yeah. then you get a better song. And everybody loves it. And then it's a hit. I'm sorry. I'm just looking back. I'm looking down at Boomer, who has settled down. Uh, he He did not take the advice to get tucked in by daddy, apparently. Oh. And daddy does not have the patience that mommy has. Boomer also, um, he's been very, very clingy with me this week. So no wonder that he's up here trying to make me go downstairs. But anyway, Grizz is on LTIR as well. I don't know when he can come back. Six weeks. Yeah. Um, one thing we forgot to talk about with regards to the Chicago. Oh, six weeks. Oh my goodness. Yeah, if you go on LTIR, it's a it means you're gonna be out six weeks. That's right, because Luch is retroactive. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's an important thing to know. Okay, so six weeks. All right. Oof. That's a number. That I now I'm wondering what it is. Well, if, if I'm ruining the feng shui and flow of the show, I apologize. No, but, you don't have to. So with Lorai being called up rather immediately. Um, and Grizzlick being put on LTIR immediately in the comments Montgomery is making that he's going to definitely be playing top four minutes. It makes me think Grizzlick's going to be out a while and they know, they know right away because usually it's like, oh, let's do a couple of scans. We'll wait and see almost everyone, unless it's super obvious, almost everyone's added to LTIR retroactively. It's like, oh, okay, we thought you might be able to come back. Eh, it's not going to happen. LTIR retroactive. Y- you don't do it right away unless it's it's a given that it's going to be six or more weeks. So I, what, shoulder surgery? Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, well, I mean, he, he did have um, the shoulder injury before he had to have the surgery mm-hmm. and the re- basically resurfacing of that joint which is not fun i'm gonna see if i can see if i can find what happened to him grizzly because that's a weird last name ah yeah i'm used to it Uh uh-oh oh no that was scoring a first goal oh yeah i don't i don't see anything so it's hard to tell where it was or what happened but shoulder sounds like it could be it unless he like broke a collarbone but I think collarbones it might be even longer than six weeks, to tell you the truth. Like six months. 
Minimum three, I would yeah. think. Their quote is a couple of weeks. But again, LTIR, a couple of weeks. Ah, those don't those don't line up. People, man, okay. A couple means two. Two. A few means up to four. Mm-hmm. Okay. And several many means in inordinate amount of, of, of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> several many is not a real one, but <laughs> I like it. I know what you meant though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once you get a beyond a few, you have to actually put numbers on it. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. A fortnight is 14 days. A quarter is three months. It's also a, a coin using an American currency. It's true. That's yeah. true. Not many uh, people know that. A, a quarter means one fourth. Oh. That's what it means. Yes. See, look at me using my brain. Mm-hmm. A buttload means like probably upwards of 40 games. <laughs> buttload of games. <laughs> a buttload of games. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that with, with, um, with Monday night's game, we have played 12% of the games this season. And you know how I know that? Because last night, as I was drifting off to sleep, I did the math in my head. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes to go to sleep, I do math in my head. Excuse me. I used to try to count. And then I used to try to count by sevens because I find counting by sevens can be a challenge. Hmm. Yeah, 7, 14, 21, 28, 35. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 42, uh, 49, 56, uh, 63, 70, 77, 84, 91, 98, 105, and so on. Mm-hmm. It, it, so it's hard to do that. And then counting back from 100 by sevens is hard, too. And then for, for a long, long time, I used to do square roots in my head. Whoa. Yeah. So um, like you can you can estimate the square root of something knowing what the two squares are. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, let's say you have the, the square root of one is one and the square root of four is two. Right. So mm-hmm. you can calculate what the square root of two is and then the square root of three. The square root of two, I believe, is 1.4. The square root of three, I think, is 1.8. But you can calculate these. It's a a bunch of, like, uh, multiplication and division and all that stuff. So I used to do that for a long time. And uh, so last night's just long division in my head. It actually comes out to 12.121212%. So it's 12%. Oh, that works. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So there you go. Burns have played 12% of the season already. Yeah. So the bodies are piling up. Lauco's on IR. They said originally about a week. That eye is still, it is big and bruised. Mm-hmm. He has stitches. He is very lucky that that skate did not hit his eye. I don't even know if we mentioned that. Okay. So yeah, in the Chicago game, he took a skate to the eye area. He did not lose his eye or damage his eye in any way. It was very scary, obviously. If you want to see the aftermath, not it's not bloody or anything. Just see how he looks after that. You should watch the new Behind the Bee that's on YouTube. 
YouTube, YouTube, and YouTube, YouTube, uh, on YouTube, uh, it's is great because it has no narration. It's just guys playing hockey, guys behind the scenes. Hmm. No, no story being told other than what you see. It's it's awesome. I hope they do that for other episodes because I enjoyed that so much more. But anyway, you get to see Lauko and obviously he's a little distressed after all of that. He's probably in a little bit of shock. And I think it was Freddie who went up to him um, and and comforted him after the the whole celebration in the uh, in the locker room of the win. But <laughs> the next day, Lauko, because we were talking about this, he's weird. And mm-hmm. we love him for it. He's very into Lord of the Rings, which is Extremely. great. Extremely. Yes. And so the next morning he tweets, woke up feeling beautiful. And it's an orc. <laughs> 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 and then he did show what his eye looked like. Oh, my God. That poor guy. He actually broke, I think, an orbital orbital bone. So and there's like so much stuff there. I learned that, you know. If you're not careful, like breaking that bone and cutting through some of that tissue, you can change the whole appearance of your face. Mm-hmm. We'll see how he how he is. But he's a hockey player. This is stuff that happens. They're used to it. Yeah. I think, you know, we should talk about one thing. This weekend, there was a horrific accident on the ice in England where a uh, player got cut in the neck. With a skate blade. Adam Johnson. Mm-hmm. Adam Johnson. Yeah. So Adam Johnson, former uh, Penguins player. He was playing in uh, a British league. He got his neck cut by a skate and, and he died. So now there is talk of whether or not players should be wearing neck guards. I mean, obviously we saw Lauko, even with the face protection, he still got a skate to the eye. Mm-hmm. boy chuck no it was a skate it was a skate it was yeah. it, he he did not lose his eye but he did lose functionality in his lot his eye and because he's a hockey player and because he wanted to continue his career and, and keep playing he kind of lied to himself mm-hmm. and to others about how much he could see he did lose vision in that eye and that's how he managed to fail a physical Mm-hmm. Um, so he couldn't play out like the last two years of his deal. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ended his career. It ended his career. And we know this danger. We know these dangers happen, but you know, it, it just takes one thing to remember exactly how dangerous this game is. So obviously everybody sends their hearts out to his family. It just a horrific accident. I think that Bill Daly, Bettman's right-hand man there, has floated out to the NHLPA, to Marty Walsh, to talk about uh, neck guards and protection for players. Because uh, right now, I think it's it's it can be an optional thing, but they're trying to figure out if they can make it a mandatory thing. I mean, we've had enough incidents, like scary incidents on the ice, not just like skates and stuff like that. You know, we've had players who have collapsed on the bench. Mm-hmm. You never want to see any of that stuff. So it, you always want to try to make sure that you can be protective of your players as much as possible. Because you don't want anything horrific to happen like that. So I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. It is something to 
for them to, to mull over and, and, you know, I guess players at this point can decide whether or not they want to wear it. What it's worth, neck guards are extremely unpopular. Okay. In, in adult hockey. But if you attempt to buy one uh, CCM, one piece, the neck guard built into the, the, the undergarment rather oh, than okay. just a separate neck, uh, neck guard. So these undershirt neck guard combos, they're nearly sold out. CCM doesn't have any and doesn't know when they'll be able to make more to meet demand. And Bauer only has, uh, there's only extra, extra larges available. And there's minimum quantities available for the separate neck guards as well. Those, those are so uncomfortable. But apparently the ones that are built into the shirt, you don't have to wear them as tightly because there's it there, it's in the shirt. It's so it's attached to your body. I didn't realize that most youth players are already wearing neck guards in these one piece undershirts already. So mm. once I heard that, well, I, I know in probably 10 years, 20 years, so let's like 20 years for sure, it will be a mandatory thing, just like now visors are. It, it just takes a while for people to get used to it. And if you're a kid always wearing it, it would probably feel weird not wearing one. I'm sure that if the NHL wanted to make this a thing, mm-hmm. if they threw some money at it, they could oh, get yeah. these things made. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of it built into the undergarment because then if it's more comfortable, you're going to wear it. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is like, unless you have something that's adjustable, or if yeah. it's just right, it's mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna hamper your breathing. It's gonna get sweaty and feel weird, and it's gonna chase. Mm. So uh, my brother used to wear one after he got high stick to the throat. Oof! And then I'm like, oh, let me try wearing one. They're they're they are again. If you, I'm sure after a couple of games, I or you know, I could have gotten used to it, but it was awful. But Again, integrate it into what you're already wearing. It's probably a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's the better way to go. Make it so the players want to wear it and Mm -hmm. can wear it easily. And that's how you go. Hey, hey, Tim. Huzzah, I am finished. Hey, I definitely, I, I was listening to what you guys were saying. I think, I definitely think the answer was the Kevlar neck guards that are part of the shirt. I think those are definitely the way to go especially it seems to me i think it was the bauer one it's adjustable in the back it uses like velcro or something so you can adjust how tight it is and things like that and i know after the incident happened a few bruins players were wearing something similar to those uh providence bruins players were wearing similar things the game like the very next game like uh lysel and a couple others were uh, wearing them so i think you'll probably start seeing more people start to wear them sometimes it's it's just worth bearing the the discomfort to have that extra protection and you you will get used to it when you have a choice to do it or not you're free to make up your mind on that and you if you choose to wear it then it's probably better than if it's always mandated i can't imagine going to a game and seeing something like that and maybe returning to see hockey again. And I did not watch any of the, I don't know if there were videos or anything on, on the incident itself. I did not watch them because I just knew that I couldn't handle it. I want the NHL to protect players. 
And the NHLPA has to work with the players to figure out what the best course of action is here. And they have to work with the NHL. So we'll see what happens. Personally, I hope that players just adopt it because I don't want to see anybody lose their life over any of this. Everybody's got too much at stake. And I'm not talking about money. Yeah. Long story short. So there, there is a private Discord, listeners, that we use just to chat uh, with each other. And I went on about how much I hated neck guards. But I was like, well, don't want to die. So I looked into getting one. And, and once the, there's a, the, the undershirt one is available in my size, I will get one. Extra, extra large, a bit too big for me. Too big, too big. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Well, good for you. I mean, mm-hmm. look, you know, you're allowed to say what you want to say about it. Mm-hmm. You have this experience. We don't, uh, you know, I don't have the experience. I'm not going to tell anybody how they should feel about anything like that. I just hope that th- that's why I hope it's just a, a player adopted thing. Because, you know, some people, when something's mandated, they want to fight against it. Or it's like, if it's your decision, sometimes it's easier to make that decision. So last week, we decided not to talk about the pride tape thing. Partly because we wanted to see how it was going to unfold, and partly because we were all in agreement of it. Of uh, the the NHL was wrong in this instance, and uh, turns out that uh, the guy who originally used the stick uh, stick tape in uh, on his stick has been using it for years on his stick. You know, it's not as super visible, but it's there. Uh, and uh, the NHL decided not to find him and not to do anything about it because i did not know this until recently because i always assumed that it was always always black or white tape you can use any color tape you want so yeah i didn't know that either i thought it'd be black or white so did i and then so now the nhl has has come down on it being like hey you can use it if you want to which i think is the good decision Mm -hmm. but it was very ugly getting there i think it's goalies have to use black or white tape yeah, because Ben Scrivens got in trouble for having like an orange knob on the top mm. of his stick or maybe the knob was too big. I don't know. And of course, he played for the Oilers. So you would think, oh, orange should be allowed. Well, anyway. Yeah. So I'm glad that the uh, NHL just was like, yeah, let's not make this. Let's not punish anybody. Let's just say do what you want to do, whatever. So let's just get down to the realistic thing right now. The Bruins are down. Lucic, LTIR. Lauko, IR, signed Heinen and brought up Skeen. So those positions mm-hmm. are are filled right now. They lost both McAvoy and Grizzlick in the same game. One for four games. That would be McAvoy. One for, looks like six weeks at least, Grizzlick. And the Bruins called up Mason Lowry, Ian Mitchell, and Parker Watherspoon, which is just the weirdest name. All defensemen. Mon- uh, Montgomery has already promised that Lorai is going to play top four minutes and he's going to play alongside Carlo, I think, tomorrow. It looks like Lindholm's bumped up to the top line, possibly with Shattenkirk. And Derek Forbert is doubtful for tomorrow for some reason. Don't know why. Mm. Uh, so, so who remains now on this defense? Yeah, it looks like we're going to have like um two uh two first year players on the third pairing. Nice. Yeah. Isn't that fun? 
against the Leafs. Oh, uh, maybe the Bruins will win like seven to six. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Maybe Lorai gets his first goal wearing a cursed number. Anyway, that's the reality of the situation. So, God damn it, Charlie McAvoy, why are you an idiot? <laughs> that's my commentary on the whole thing. <laughs> Very well put. Excited for Lorai. Not excited for a Lindholm who doesn't look right and bottom pairing of two guys from Providence. I'm not, I'm just not looking forward to that, but it is what it is. It's what we've got and we've got to just hope for the best, right? That's all I can do. That's all you can do. What the fuck is going on with Lindholm? I, I, I don't know. He, he has not been, I mean, he's really continued his mediocre play from, from the playoffs. Yeah, what what the hell? Did you break up with Frederica? I mean, did, am did, I here? Yes. Do I sound normal? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, my internet went out, and then um, it came back, and then after it was like meeting has stopped and stopped recording. Then it was meeting is back and back recording, and I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Just hoping I'm here. Okay. Yep. Um, it didn't really look like you were gone, except you've just changed positions on the mm-hmm. sidebar, but that's it. Okay. Fair enough. We're trying to figure out what's going on with Lindholm. I don't know. He, he, he looks off. I don't know if it's like a, it's really been like, and it, it's, it, I, I can't like point to like a hit that he took or that he gave that really would like indicate an injury either. Like, I don't remember him taking some, like, too hard of a hit or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, Hampus Lindholm is not following his former girlfriend or his girlfriend anymore on Instagram. Oh, it could be a mental thing. How, how do you? I went over to, to, I went to her profile to see who um, is following her. And uh, it shows me the mutual followers. Hmm. So. And uh, he's not on there anymore. And they used to follow each other. So maybe it's in his head then. I mean, that would, if, if they went, if he was going through a breakup, that would, that would, uh, that would cause some animosity. Mm-hmm. That would cause some drama. And he would uh, maybe be playing poorly because of that. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. The Celtics are beating the Pacers 151 to 101. They've scored 151 points. What? They're beating a team by 50 points, and both teams have 100. What is this game? We're detectives. We're <gasps> detectives. She changed her profile. It used to say that she was Stockholm in Boston. Now she says, dance, sing, read books, travel, and let go. Oh, no. Oh, they definitely. Oh, no, they broke up. They definitely did. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, Hampus. Oh, you got to get your head back together, buddy. All right. Sorry, guys. I just had to look. I was thinking about it last night. And I do not have a para, uh, para, so, um, what is it called? Parasocial. Yeah, I don't have a parasocial relationship with him. I just. Just a paranormal one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being nosy. Okay. It's been nosy. I like, I mean, the whole purpose of Instagram is to just 
look into what people are, are presenting, right? They're yeah. looking, mm -hmm. you're, you're just looking at things. And all I can say is the last time that I can see that she was in Boston was the 16th or 21st or something like that. And then, oh no, the, the 21st. And then now she's not here. She didn't go to the party with him last night because we're going to answer Nick's question in a little bit. Mm. She didn't go to the, the, the party uh, because she wasn't here because I don't think they're together anymore. He actually seemed to have teamed up with Danton Heinen. Because he was an elf and Denton Heinen was was Santa. Oh, Jeff is gone. Oh, no. All right. Well, looks like Daddy Jeff was done in by toddler Maddie. Oh, well, it was nice. He was here for a few minutes. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I can't get over the Celtics game. They're winning by 50 points. Like, that's not normal. <laughs> it's it's one fifty five to one hundred four. It, it's weird that, yeah, both teams have over a hundred and they're winning by fifty. Yeah, that's wild. So, guys, what's going on with Jake DeBrusque? His girlfriend was in town, and they were Shark Boy and Lava Girl. No, that's what they were. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell either. But I looked yeah. at his Instagram because I'm a nosy bitch, and I saw it. So there you go. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Jake Debrusk. Uh it I I don't think it's a, a lack of effort. Um I was listening to the hockey show and they might have suggested that uh Montgomery is playing too much blender. Blender blender blender. You know what it probably is? Yes. Blend, I'm sure blender isn't helping him out, but he he's not in the line with Bergeron and Marchand anymore. Yes. And I'm not exactly sure why you would take him off the line with Marchand. I mean, surely the pair Mm -hmm. That was that line was Martian and and uh, Bergeron, but Bergeron helped out both of those guys. The thing I can tell you about DeBrusque, I noticed him away, um, not really away from the play. I noticed him more on the defensive side, mm. which is good. He's out there on the PK now. Remember, there was not a there was a time when he wasn't on the PK, so that's good. He's he's like embracing that part of the game, mm -hmm. and he's pretty decent at it it's not that he's not doing good things. It's just, he's not scoring. Mandy had posted something earlier tonight that seemed to suggest that he's not shooting enough, which he's being bounced from line to line from side to side. So, but he's got to, he's, he's got to get it together somewhere. I don't know if it's the lines are all messed up. It's uh, the, the Bruins aren't scoring a lot in general, which we knew would happen. Mm hmm you know, aside from Pasta, who somehow or another is like the player of the month with 14 points in nine games. <laughs> you know, aside from Pasta, everybody else is like dribs and drabs here with the uh, goals. I mean, I don't think Jake has any goals. He does have like three assists. Patra has more point points than him. Mm -hmm. <gasps> what happened? I don't know. Oh, did we lose you again? Hi. Hi. Are you on your phone? Hello? Uh, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I, I do know that I want uh, Jake DeBrusque to uh, get it together and uh, start scoring because uh, he needs to. We need him to. Jake DeBrusque, I believe in you. Come on. 
I love that, that Mandy said today that I was the uh, this the director of self-esteem for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake, you're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like you. Come on, you can score goals. I'm brusque. I'm rooting for you. Yep. Yep. Now, I did put out that we were recording tonight and we did get Jason M. Uh, at I am the Batman 19. Uh, he did respond to us and he said, how do you see the Bruins D line shaping up with Grizzly hurt and McAvoy suspended? Well, we did kind of get into that. Basically, Hampus Lindholm is your top LD, which he is anyway. And he's going to be with Shattenkirk from what I saw from the practice mm-hmm. lines. It looks like Lorai is going to be on the left side of Carlo because Carlo is a right shot. And uh, the bottom two will be Ian Mitchell and Parker Watherspoon. So I'm not sure which side either one of those guys plays. I guess I could look it up if I weren't so lazy. He is a left shot. So he will probably be your lefty. Hmm. Yeah. And then uh, what's his name? Mitchell. Ian Mitchell is. Let's see if you're a right shot. He's a right shot. So there you go. So it is from left to right. Lindholm. Shattenkirk. Lorai, Carlo, Watherspoon, Mitchell. That's how it's shaping up. Okay. Hello? Hello. Fuck. Jeez. <laughs> Can you make that the intro to this episode? Hello? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, I had to restart my computer because everything got slow and all of you were all talking robotic to me. And then when I came back, None of the microphones were working. I the internal mic, nope, no output input. My headset mic that said default, nope. But then my headset mic, there's two headset mics apparently on one headset. So I choose the second one, and that one fucking worked. So I don't know. How do you know we weren't already talking robotic? <laughs> it was oh. Yes. I imagine the audio sounded how that game I just did looked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Tim, you're I know you're not having a good time. But you're you you make you're making my day better. <laughs> I don't know if that's worth anything. That. Yeah. Oh, this microphone <laughs> of yours is not that good, Tim. <laughs> oh no! Don't tell me we have. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he's not here, it's he's 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 here in spirit. Oh my goodness! Well, Tim's a casualty to technology. Jeff's a casualty to his child. <laughs> and I'm, surp- I'm oh, surprised I don't have diarrhea. Oh, that would be smashing. Yeah, we got another question mm-hmm. from Nick Baggio. Oh. He said, who had the best costume? I suppose you're talking about last night's costume party that the Bruins had. Correct. Um, and I have looked at some of the costumes and they are incomprehensible. Uh, and some of them are great. And, uh, you know, 
I don't understand Kylie and, and Charlie McAvoy's costumes at all. Charlie is wearing a soccer kit with the number seven and it's red. And his wife looks like a dude in a suit with a tampon up her nose. I, I'm just going to assume that's from what's it called? It's on Apple TV. Oh, Ted Lasso? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen the show. Um, well, I don't think it that is. Assumption. Because that's not the it's not the right stuff. So uh, I was going to Google Ted Lasso tampon and see what happens. But I think we all know who the winner is. Oh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's Lauco. He's he's grapes. <laughs> it's, and it's just and then on top of that, he's a he's holding grapes. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I just I have to look up something. Call me great man. And somebody said that his commitment to the bit is remarkable about grapes. Because mm. uh Jeff was telling us about this earlier. He goes, uh that you know, rate grapes as a snack one to ten, and he went ten million out of ten. And he says, Call me great man. Yeah, it it's it's he, so funny. He, he's he's a lovable, lovable dude for sure. All right, that's right. And when he signed, he's like two more years of loving grapes in New New England. Yeah, like it <laughs> or being obsessed by grapes in New England. He's and he has two bowls of grapes right next to him as he's signing this. Oh my god! And then the grape costume. What a lovable weirdo! God, I I hope he stays forever. Look, it's commendable, but I honestly, <laughs> my favorite costume. <laughs> Is really Derek Forbert. It's a group costume. It's Derek Forbert, Jeremy Swayman, and Matty Potts mm. as Charlie Coyle and his two dogs. And I'm going to tell you why I love this this so much. Because it looks like there was not a lot of forethought here. Mm. I don't know if it's the Weymouth Fire hat, which is basically a white hat that he wrote on in Sharpie the uh jockstrap or whatever it is over the shorts that also doesn't make sense oh the cankles i i i don't know what's up with that is that just supposed to be taping i don't know i love how on on the slides he put a piece of tape on there and wrote 13 on both of those Mm. and then the the piece de resistance i've said that wrong but who cares on Jeremy Swayman, it's written in Sharpie, Bodie Boy. And on <laughs> Matthew Patra, his front, it says Gracie Girl. He's wearing a, a collar and a leash. Hmm. Okay, the collar is glow in the dark. It's really great. So, honestly, that was my favorite one. <laughs> because it is just brilliant in, in the respect that it's... There's there was it took nothing to do that. Yeah, and if, if, if you've watched Behind the Bee, uh, uh, Coyle is kind of harassed and it made fun of uh, his love for his dogs because he shows his dog photos to everyone. So that that's a good clean joke. I, yes. I approve. Yes. Um, um. Look, Charlie Coyle is the embodiment of a golden retriever mm-hmm. as a person. He gets the puck. He doesn't want to give up the puck. 
you know, offense, unless it's off of his stick, kind of goes to die on his line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or at least it used to. He's gotten a little bit better about that. But it it was just basically, have you ever played ball with a golden retriever? They don't always want to give you the ball. In fact, Billy Jaffe was was, uh, talking to Charlie Coyle. Oh, poor Tim. He was talking to Charlie Coyle uh, with Andrew Raycroft on their their podcast, uh, Morning Brew. And he said, we all have goldens and I don't call them retrievers because they ours don't retrieve because <laughs> they basically get the ball and they're like, ball is life. I just like the ball. I want the ball. I don't want to give you the ball. Right. And if you've watched the golden ratio, you will see that that is very true for some goldens. So anyway. Charlie Coyle is a huge golden retriever. It makes sense that he has two golden retriever children that are golden retrievers. Um, and they are stinking cute. And they love their little baby sister, who is also stinking cute. So anyway, at golden retrievers, sweet dogs, not the brightest, very handsome. And I think that describes Charlie Coyle. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> He's very handsome. I don't think he's the brightest bulb. And it's okay. He doesn't need to be. Uh, I'm sure his wife, she's the brains. She's the beauty and the brains. There you go. So uh, I did some accidental Googling and I discovered that uh, uh, McAvoy and his wife's uh, costumes are from a movie called She's the Man. Oh, Amanda Bynes. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Wow, I I did not know. Okay, I, I I stumbled upon it accidentally, but like, oh no, that's definitely where they got it from. All right, so I can't say that's a favorite because I I just don't know the reference. It's not a it's not a well known movie. I mean, at least like you had um, Talladega Nights up there in the corner with all the Bruins. That looks like it's a uh, Beecher and yep. someone else. His girlfriend, probably. It looks like a woman. Yeah. I I, I want to know who's Austin Powers and the Fembot. I couldn't tell who it was, but yeah. And see, here's Hampus Lindholm with the uh, with Danton Heinen. Oh, and he does make a good good looking elf. He does make a good looking elf. Yeah. So that that was my choice. I just I just thought it was hilarious. I, I thought that Brad Marchand's wife Katrina, mm. her makeup was awesome. Brad, I don't know what that was happening there. <laughs> yeah, just some sort of ghoul i guess so yeah i think he's trying to be a dracula or something but he if you know if that coat were purple i would say he was prince back from the dead (laughs) and that seems disrespectful it it would be funny though but her makeup was good i think i'm here okay you sound a little bit better yeah i uh apparently there was an update so i did that and i I don't know if that's why it was running weird or what but i updated it and restarted again and... all right so we have a schedule that's coming up ready i'm just gonna read a bunch of dates for you okay unless you want to do it tim um go for it i don't have it pulled up right now so all right i'm gonna fill in for tim who was filling in for for jeff uh on thursday november 2nd which is uh as a recording tomorrow but hopefully this episode will be out so it'll be today it'll be the toronto maple leafs making their first appearance against the boston bruins 
It is a 7.30 p.m. game and it is on ESPN Plus and Hulu. So if you don't have those, find a place to go watch that game. Maybe you have a friend or somebody or a bar or a restaurant. doesn't have to be a bar. Now, the next game after that is Saturday, November 4th. Amazing. Two days away. Uh, with the Bruins on the road again. This time they're in Detroit. Uh, against the Red Wings. The Red, well, they were the formerly Frank's Red Hot Wings, but they're, <laughs> they've slowed down a little bit. So they're just the Detroit Red Wings now. It's a 7 p.m. start on Nesson. I'm sure there are other networks. You can, if you're not local, you can watch it on ESPN and Hulu probably. Monday, November 6th, the Bruins will be in Dallas for their first meetup uh with the stars uh because that's the team that plays in dallas it's an 8 p.m game it's on nesson and probably on espn plus or hulu or whatever wherever you get these games and then i'm just gonna read next thursday's game anyway just for the hell of it ready Mm. you're also still gonna be on the road nope sorry scratch that uh even though i have it written down correctly i read it wrong the Bruins return home. They're going to play on the 9th, Thursday the 9th. Uh, they're they're welcoming the uh, New York Islanders into the TD Garden. It's a 7 p.m. start on Nesson. So, guys, what do you think this week is going to look like? Um, two and two. Ooh. Tim is... The- Two and two. Okay. Yep. I, I think I think they'll get downed by the Maple Leafs and Stars, and I think they'll beat the Red Wings and Islanders. Yep. Yep. Okay. What do you um, think, Dick? I will also say two and two, but losses to Toronto and Detroit. Fun little thing that's happening tomorrow. Um, Wake Forest. I'm at, for you college football fans, uh, Wake Forest, my college team, is pl- also playing at 7.30 tomorrow or tonight. Uh, so I will be, have both games on at the same time because I have two computer screens. Woohoo! Mm. You fancy. I'm actually looking forward to it. But I will have the Bruins. That will be the game that I will have like the volume for. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I mean, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Do you really need the volume on that one? Jack's been bad. He has been bad. It's just the the sound of pucks hitting sticks just sounds good to me. I really wish that they had an option. You could just turn that sound off. Oh, and just listen to the game. Yes. I think you couldn't do Hulu. Huh? I thought Hulu you could. They had a thing where it, they call it the sound of the game, and for about five minutes, they wouldn't have any commentary. But it was just uh, like a section of it. Yeah, I mean... Um, I thought it was a whole... There was something yeah. that was happening during the pandemic where um, because Jack and Brick wouldn't travel remotely, they were in studio on my my cable remote. If I hit a certain button, it would be no commentary. And it would just be the sounds of the rink. And I loved it. And then I found out it was an accident that I found that by. And so I would love that myself because I love the sounds of 
pucks uh, on sticks, sticks hitting pucks, um, pucks hitting the backboards, pings, all those things. Hearing the shouting from the fans, hearing the shouting from the the guys, hearing the in stadium stuff. I just love that. That's it's all the stuff that you love about a, a game, right? Mm-hmm. Without the commentary, I wish that you could turn commentary off, but you cannot. I'm going to go two one and one, and oh. I think that uh, the loss is to Dallas, and the overtime loss is to the Leafs. Um, I think the I I really hope that the Bruins are just going to be fucking fighting tomorrow, uh, to to win that game. So that's that's what I'm going with. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, guys, I've kept you here long enough, so we're gonna wrap it up. Just in time for Tim to come back. We're wrapping it up. <laughs> yeah, this 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 has been the dumbest computer day in the world. I agree, Tim. I'm sorry. Next week you'll have it together. And next week I won't be so. as complicated because I uh don't have any real big plans next week, I think. So that'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Except my friend Steve's in town. I don't I can't remember when he's in town until we'll figure that out tomorrow. Anyway, you've been listening to Barely in Topic. You know how to find us because if you're listening to us, you found us. But thank you. We wanted to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. Or out of, you know, maybe you're listening like 10 minutes a day for five days. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, whatever time you spend with us is greatly appreciated. We can be found on Twitter. I'm not calling it the other thing. You can uh, find us at uh, Barely on Topic there or on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. Uh, and you can find us at our individual handles. I am at VA from RI. Whew. I had to Very think good. about that one for a minute on on twitter whatever it is now i'm not calling it that and queen of pies on instagram i am at tim a richardson everywhere and jeff is at dr hand grenade yeah and i am at nick baggio everywhere everywhere all right tim take us out oh sorry thank you